Días de Vino y Radio, un programa presentado por Gabriel Ruiz López. Para todos los amantes del vino, agricultores, enólogos, sommeliers, bodegueros, comerciantes, restauradores, periodistas, conectando directamente desde Barcelona, España. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on the point of the planet you are. Today, uh, we're still in Central Europe. And uh, we are going to to visit a country which uh, is not usual to talk about the wines and is uh, unexpected sometimes, which is uh, Ukraine. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> and we will visit uh, the country together with Genia uh, Nikolaychuk. She's a very multifaceted uh, young woman, but uh, experienced, and uh, well, she has a lot of projects. So let's speak with her. She will explain us. Hi, Genia. How are you? Uh, hello. I'm really okay. I'm I'm glad to be here today. <laughs> okay. So, well, I made a first introduction about uh, what we are going to to listen today. And uh, I would like you to, at first, uh, explain about yourself, how you joined the wine world and uh, what your trajectory and uh, what you are doing now. Actually, I'm working with wines uh, starting from 2005. Actually, it's 15 years right now. Uh, I started to work in the company which made imports and distributions through, throughout Ukraine. Uh, I've used to work with big brands. Uh, we used to work with big champagne names, uh, with uh, Rothschild wines. We used to work with Taurus wines. Actually, I was the brand ambassador of Taurus wines here in Ukraine. Oh. Uh, we make a lot of um, wine projects, and as it was to the middle of 2000s, actually it was 2005, 2006, uh, everything just starts in Ukraine in terms of wine culture. Actually, we are rather uh, vodka and beer drinkers <laughs> than wine drinkers. And only for the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, Ukrainian starts to drink wine more and more. So I used to work with imports and uh, in 2013, I finished with them. Uh, I've, 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 I've visited London to receive my WCT level three in 2011. Uh, then two years after I started to educate for my level four WCT and finished it in 2017. Actually, I was the first Ukrainian to receive this qualification in Ukraine and we still have only five people uh, with level four <laughs> here, here on our market. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it wasn't easy <laughs> because first of all, of all because of receiving visa it was not uh, so difficult to study there <laughs> but it was difficult to receive visas uh, to visit Britain uh, and uh, in 2016 I've started my uh, maybe my main project I think so uh, is the project of wine bars. Uh, the name is like a local wine bar and uh, we still are the only one uh, wine bars I mean in the format of wine bars because we have restaurants um, mm -hmm. in uh, which promotes Ukrainian wines but in the format of wine bars we are the only one and uh, in our wine list we have only local producers only Ukrainian wines 
So it was quite challenging uh, because in 2016, the market looks totally different than it looks right now. Uh -huh. uh, but I think we'll speak about it later. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I'm working with the wine bars. It's my main project. And then I have another one project, uh, the project of board wine game. So it's educational project. Um, uh, the idea that uh, every person can study wine uh, in the plain format. So it's not um, mandatory only to go to the very classical tastings or to read a lot of books or to read or to listen podcasts but you also can play game and study wine so it's my another one big project the name is wine inspiration because wine inspiration so it's just connected and uh, for it now it gives me a lot of bonuses as well yeah yeah i have uh, given a look to it in internet and it sounds it looks very interesting yeah I do you forecast to, to do it in other languages too, in English, for example? Uh, actually, for right now, I have uh, three languages. I have it Russian, Ukrainian, and uh, I've just translated to English. And I hope uh, I can, maybe in the next month, <laughs> I want to start to sell it on Amazon. So let's see. I have that plan, but, uh, but let's see. <laughs> let's do like this. Wow, 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 wow. And uh, well, uh, let's speak a little bit, uh, continue with this before getting into the Ukrainian wines uh, themselves. But uh, I'm curious because you have this, these two bars and um, I feel uh, curiosity about what has been the evolution of the, of the interest uh, among the people for, for the wine in, in mm -hmm. Uh, so actually, first of all, you should understand that here in Ukraine, uh, we don't have that big culture of wine bars. So we have a lot of restaurants, a lot of really good restaurants, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cafes with coffee and, and so on. But wine bars, let's say it's something more or less new for Ukraine. When I say more or less new, it's like uh, the first ever wine bar in Kiev was opened uh, at the time, maybe 10 years ago in 2011. And uh, for Ukraine, it's that, that format when you come before, I don't know, before lunch or before uh, the big evening and uh, make a sip of wine and then you go somewhere to the restaurant, it's something more or less new. And in Ukraine, it's almost impossible to sell, uh, um, to sell wines in the bar only once. So here in Ukraine, in any way, people want to eat. So they want to see it to have, uh, I don't know, the big dish uh, and, and then to eat. So it's just something unusual for them only to have one glass of wine and then go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So in 2016, when we opened the bar, uh, the first ever bar, um, uh, the culture was totally different, first of all. And then uh, we decided to promote only local, only Ukrainian wines. And it was the huge challenge because let's uh, let's say that two three years ago, here in Ukraine we had only more or less fifty uh, official licensed producers of wines. So actually, we don't have uh, that big difference of Ukrainian wines. Uh, you you can you can uh, choose. Uh, and uh, let's say the quality of that Ukrainian wines is not always really good. 
And only two, three years ago, the situation started to change uh, because uh, the legislation changed a little bit. Uh, in our legislation, uh, they involved um, the term small wineries. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the, um, the terms of licensing of that small wineries also changed. And uh, only for the last one year, maybe one and a half, mm -hmm. uh, we more than 20 new wineries on the market. I understand when I'm, when I'm talking about 50, 20, 15 for Spain, let's say, or for Italy, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like. What? <laughs> Only 50. But yes, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of uh, official wine producers. And we have a lot of uh, so-called unofficial production here in Ukraine. What does it mean, unofficial? It means like uh, somewhere at home, uh, one family, they produce one cask of wine. But uh, due to our laws, they are not allowed to sell it. So mm -hmm. even I like that wine even i want to sell it if they don't have the license for the production i'm not allowed to sell it so in 2016 when we started we had only really small uh, amount of wines we could uh, we could find with the good quality mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the quality really changed every year uh, so not even every year but with every bottling so here in Ukraine, you should look every time on the label and look at, uh, at the date of bottling because the same one with the same vintage, with the same producer, but the different date of bottling, the quality could be really, really strange. <laughs> and uh, well, Of course, there's the uh, evolution of the wine in the bottle. It's not only it's not only about evolution. It's uh, also about uh, the conditions of storage uh, and so on and so on because of technologies and di really different things. Mm -hmm. uh, so the biggest challenge in 2016-2017 was to find that good quality Ukrainian wines. Another big challenge is that uh, Ukrainian uh, consumers they not really. Uh, want to promote our local wines so here in ukraine uh, it has a lot of uh, so it's really cool to say that i'm drinking italian wine or i'm drinking french wine or i'm drinking i don't know german wines uh, but it's not really cool to say i'm drinking ukrainian wines so another big challenge was to to say that hey guys <laughs> we have really interesting things here we have really interesting local grape varieties uh, we have a lot of new wineries you wouldn't find anywhere uh, so right now uh, we have uh, a lot of wines on in our wine list so if we started in 2016 these five or seven wineries maybe in our wine list now we promote more or less 15 16 and i hope we will find more um in 2016, 2017, uh, usually with the normal quality, you could find a lot of Cabernet, Merlot, Sauvignon, I mean, international grape varieties. Right now, we have more and more interesting local grape varieties like Odessa Black. I think we'll speak about it later. Mm -hmm. uh, another um, a lot of wine producers uh, start to work with uh, so-called hybrids like Solaris uh, and so on. It's something new, it's, let's say, interesting. Uh, and um, 
Ukrainian consumers, uh, they starting uh, to believe in our local wines. So we see a lot of interest, even from the people, even from people uh, who said four years ago that what's what is it? <laughs> why do I, why should I drink this? So now they start to to be interested. They start to uh, looking for something new, uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting. How is the evolution? And uh, well, as you are brand ambassador of uh, Ukrainian wines, uh, nobody better than you to. To make the, this first approach to the reality of the wine growing in in Ukraine, so there's no uh, long story. There are no wineries with a long story there. Actually, we have wineries with long story, but you should understand that uh, today's Ukraine, I mean today's geographical borders, uh, it's mm -hmm. <laughs> let's say something new. We are only 30 years old, uh, independent country, so. Mm -hmm. In uh, years old, 100 years old, uh, some regions which are today's Ukrainian regions, it was part of some other countries. So let's say for uh, Ukrainian culture, wine it's something more or less new. I wouldn't say it's new, but it's more or less new. But some regions of Ukraine, like let's say Transcarpathia regions, uh, which was part of Austro. Uh, Austrian Hungarian Empire, um, the thousand uh, regions like Odessa region, Bessarabia, and so on, they have really long story. So, so some some wineries here in Ukraine have uh, more than one century of uh, of, of history, uh -huh. but but usually the biggest <laughs> the biggest ones are the, the, the biggest um, quantity are really new ones. Uh, so traditionally we have a uh, few wine regions. Mm -hmm. uh, we have um, uh, the main wine regions on the south of Ukraine. The main region is Odessa. Then we have Nikolaev and Kherson. And we have another one big region. It's, it's Transcarpathia region. Uh, so let's say so it's just on the west uh, on the west of the country. They are totally different regions. No? One is close to the Black Sea and uh, another one is more in the mountains. Uh, no? in the yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. It's totally different climate, it's totally diff different culture, and uh, it's totally different uh, style of wines uh, they can receive over there. Yeah, the uh, also no? must be very different too. No? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, totally different to mm. uh, Then we have historical uh, region Crimea. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, for right now, we don't have any connections with Crimea, but let's say uh, if we're talking about potential of terror, I would say that Crimea maybe is the most interesting one. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, right now, any connections with them. Uh, and then uh, due to cl uh, climate changes, uh, we have a lot of bonuses because uh, uh, more north uh, regions now receive an opportunity to grow vineyards. Even if 
20, 30 years ago, it was just something unbelievable. Right now, you can find uh, a lot of vineyards in Kiev region. It's almost north, so it's uh, a little bit, and it would be the border with Belarus. Uh, we have vineyards in Chernigiv region. It's also the north one. We have uh, wineries, uh, wineries and vineyards in Lviv and Kaminets Podorsky. So it's also quite north one. Uh, so let's say due to climatic change, Ukraine receives <laughs> a lot of bonuses and uh, the vineyards just spread um, all over the country. Mm -hmm. And can, can you describe a little bit the landscapes between one region and the other? Uh, how they look mm -hmm. like, uh, hate and, and climate a little bit? Yeah, so if we're talking about Transcarpathia region, um, it's just my personal uh, view that uh, Transcarpathia has the biggest potential after Crimea here in Ukraine. It has a lot of different microclimates because of the slopes. So uh, the, the, main, uh, the main vineyards are growing on the border with Hungary. And uh, just uh, uh, before um, Carpathian mountains. So mm -hmm. a lot of slopes um, uh, in general. So it's small as 300, 400 uh, altitude. Uh, almost no, how to say it, when it's just... <laughs> flat. Uh, so no, almost no flat, uh, no, no flat land. Uh -huh. And... Uh, and the climate, uh, so usually if, for example, let's say here in Kyiv, uh, in the capital of Ukraine, uh, on winter we can have minus 10 degrees of Celsius, maybe mm. minus 15. In Transcarpathia region, it uh, could be, I don't know, zero, minus three, minus four. So it's quite mild climate. Mm -hmm. And the same summer so if uh, here in kiev let's say on summer we can have 35 degrees 37 sometimes 40 mm. so like in uh, so in transcarpathia usually it's maximum 27 30 degrees so it's quite mild and uh, usually we say that uh, in transcarpathia region it's uh, an ideal climatic conditions for uh, white wines and for them so 10 years ago, usually it was, uh, they didn't have an opportunity to receive good uh, sugar level in the red uh, varieties. So it was impossible to have ripened, let's say, Cabernet Sauvignon. Now the situation changed, of course. Now they can receive good ripeness even in Cabernet Sauvignon, of course, Pinot Noir, Merlot, and so on. Mm. Uh, then on the south of Ukraine, in Odessa region, we have a lot of flat um wetland uh usually it's really huge vineyards uh, for example some wineries they own uh, 1000 of uh, 1000 hectares of the land so usually it's big wineries it's really a lot of um, a lot of flat flat red uh, flat land uh, the proximity of the Black Sea, of course, uh, has uh, some effect. And uh, usually it's really good to, to grow red um, varieties over there uh, because of the sea, because of the south, uh, um, south situation. Orientation. Uh, 
Yes, yes. And um, usually they grow a lot of red varieties as well as white, of course. But uh, I think that the quality of the reds uh, are better. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's uh -huh. it's also my my, my own uh, meaning. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it's really early to say something about uh, more northern regions because uh, usually uh, it's really young vineyards. So usually it's, I don't know, three years old, four years old vineyards. So mm -hmm. we don't have enough. Uh, we don't have enough information to say that uh, uh, about uh, the style and the quality of the wines we can receive over there. So usually Maybe it's a lot. In this time, uh, with so young vineyards, uh, it's difficult to get a, a good. Mm -hmm. uh, the wine is also a question of time and patience. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and. Unfortunately, here in Ukraine, it's almost impossible to find any really old vineyards. So the oldest one you can find, it's like 1974 or 1976, um, because of USSR time, of, of course, uh, because in, in 1986, uh, we have the, bi the big program of uprooting vineyards. Um, it was like anti-alcohol campaign of uh, of the middle of 80s. It's really famous one, and uh, a lot of uh, people who make who grow vineyards uh, they don't want to remember the times because it was just it was just the uprooting of vineyards, uh, and we lost a lot of land in that time, and we and we lost, it was, and we lost it was a so, sorry, it was at Gorbachev time, no? Yes, yes, yes. It was Gorbachev's anti-alcohol campaign of 1986, mm -hmm. and we lost a lot, a lot of grape varieties in that times. So that's why we have a lot of international grape varieties right now, and we don't have a lot of our local grapes. This is what I wanted to talk about now because you mentioned before that. Uh... This this mixture of uh, international varieties, but uh, trying to recuperate the the old uh, local local varieties, no? Yes, yes, because uh, I think that uh, all the winemakers uh, they understand uh, if we want to be uh, interesting for people outside Ukraine. Of course, it's not. It's really stupid to promote uh, Ukrainian Cabernet or Ukrainian Sauvignon, because uh, Cabernet is something French. One Sauvignon you, you would associate with New Zealand or maybe France as well. Mm -hmm. So we have our local, our interesting grape varieties. So only for the last maybe I don't know five, ten years, we started to revive some and we started to promote. Uh, for right now, the most imp important one and the most famous one are Odessa Black. It's the black grape variety. Maybe uh, you you could meet uh, you, you could meet uh, this grape uh, with the name Alibernet. So maybe in Slovakia, maybe in Hungary. So they grow Alibernet. Actually, Alibernet is the same as Odessa Black. It's the same grape variety, but with the different names. Here in Ukraine, we called it Odessa Black, of course. Mm -hmm. But if they grow it on Slovakia, for example, they uh, they have name for it Alibernet. Uh, but it's our local grape variety. It was invented in uh, our institute. Uh, it's cross of two grapes. Uh, the first one is Alicant Boucher, and another one is Cabernet. That's why that name Alibernet. Alibernet. <laughs> 
Sauvignon. Um, during USSR time, uh, as I know, so maybe it's, it's it's legend, but as I know, so this grape variety is the same as Sapiravi. Uh, I mean that it has not only um, skin with the color, but it also has an inner side with the color. So it's impossible to make uh, white wines with this grape. Or it's not so easy to make <laughs> white wine with this grape. Oh, it's easy to go, yeah. <laughs> yes, so, so you, you can receive really... Uh, really full body ones with a lot of color and uh, this grape variety um, i've used to try uh, odessa black of 2013 2014 so i mean an old ones an old ones for ukraine it's an old one if it has uh, six or seven years uh, of storage and it was really perfect it was really something interesting it was really you can you can go on the export and say hey we have a lot of good wines here uh, then another one interesting grape, grape variety is the white one the name is tiltikruk uh, actually it's the turkish name um tilti kuruk Yes, usually people ask Tilti what? <laughs> it's really it's it's really hard to pronounce even for Ukrainians, not only for <laughs> other so even for Ukrainians, Tilti Kuruk is something unpronounceable. Yeah. Uh, before 2012. Only one company in Ukraine produced wine with this grape. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, another one winery started to produce Tiltikuruk. So actually now on the market, we have only two producers with this grape. That's why it's also not so easy to say about style of this grape, because usually you have nothing to compare. <laughs> but yeah. let's. Let's see in 10 years, because a lot of small um, growers start starting to grow this grape variety right now. And maybe in the next 10, 15 years, we will receive more and more Tiltik Rook. And we can, we can speak uh, better about the quality of the grape and about style we, we can receive. But let's say I have a few experiences with this grape um, uh, on the foreign markets. Uh, two years ago, uh, we make um, like the presentation of Tiltik Rook in France, and a lot of people says uh, said that they like it and it could be comparable with really good Chardonnays. Uh, and uh, one year ago, I also met um, a presentation at Cambridge University. We have uh, the Ukrainian wines uh, tasting, and I also make the presentation of Tiltik Rook as well. And uh, we had a lot of really good feedback. Uh, for for this wine, mm -hmm. and uh, another one more or less uh, important um, local grape variety is Sucholimanski. Uh, but unfortunately, Sucholimanski also is produced only by few by few wine producers. And then we have uh, another grape varieties which we think are a local one, but let's say true, it's Hungarian <laughs> grape varieties. It's uh, we grow on Transcarpathia, we grow Chesagi. Uh, it's very aromatic one. It's uh, from Muscat uh, family, and uh, uh, yes, and we have. Uh, not a lot, but we have a little bit of Zweigelt as well. We grow it, we grow Blau Frankish wines, but I'm not sure we can say it's our local grapes. 
Uh-huh. Well, because well, part of the territory of Ukraine was, as you said before, after yes. Hungarian uh, Empire. So uh, maybe it's not uh, like a nation, but uh, yes, uh, geographically, no. It's, uh, I mean, uh, it's part of the territory where it what used to be, no. So yeah, yes, and actually, actually, Austrian. So. Yes, we, we grow a little bit of uh, fur mint as well. And actually, uh, some parts of Ukraine, of today's Ukraine, uh, in the previous times, it was part of Turkey. So, uh-huh. of course, right now we are not allowed to use any any name Turkey, but in the previous times, it was the part of, of that region as well. So it was uh, making this style of wine also, uh, kind of Turkey? Uh, some wine producers they try to make that style of wine, but uh, I can say that it's really popular. So you can buy only one or two wine producers who wants to work with butrytis. <laughs> uh-huh. No, so it's not uh, it's not common, but you can find. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. And uh, now in the in many countries, uh, because it's not only in the western part of Europe. Uh, there is a trend among the wine growers and the enologists and so on. Try to find the typicity of the area to um, the difference, or the means to give the importance to the terroir and the climate to transmit the character of uh, the land and the landscape. I mean, when you drink the wine to to feel where it comes from. Is it, it uh, arrived also this trend to to Ukraine among the uh, young producers, the new producers? Actually, here in Ukraine, we had uh, a project. Uh, it was a European Union project. Uh, the name of the project was Developing Geographical Indications in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also was the part of, of this project, and the idea was, uh, first of all, to, to make um, uh, the normal legislation for geographical indication, because uh, the meaning of geographical indication in Ukraine was uh, not the same as it is in Europe. And then... Uh, you should understand that unfortunately we still use some uh, some European names like Champagne, Cognac, um, sometimes Madeira. You still can find it on, on our market, uh, especially Cognac. Uh, especially Cognac, yes. And the idea of this project was to uh, eliminate <laughs> the, the use uh, of the of names. And another one idea was to develop our own geographical indications and to protect our own names and to find that interesting terroirs. Um, for right now, um, in Ukraine, uh, we are working on the developing the few uh, names. The first name is actually Transcarpathia wine uh, because uh, Transcarpathia is very special due to climate, terroir, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of um, science work for that. So mm-hmm. to, to protect name and to make really good specification, you should have a lot of uh, science database. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, 
not a lot of it right now, but uh, wine producers, they started to work on it. So they started to, um, to look for uh, historical, some, some historical things. They are starting to educate more about the soils of the region and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, another few names uh, we want to protect here in Ukraine is uh, Yelpuk Winery, uh, Yelpuk region. Yelpuk is the name of the big lake mm-hmm. uh, where, where we have, uh, where we have uh, vineyards uh, in Bessarabia. And uh, another one, terroir, they want to protect uh, is in Shab region. Uh, it's also Odessa, Odessa region, it's the south uh, of Ukraine. Um, so let's say we only start this work in Ukraine uh, to study our terroirs. Uh-huh. So it's only, um, unfortunately, we don't have uh, a lot of previous work before. So it's only start, let's say, a few years ago. Yeah, that that uh, science work. Well, it happens everywhere. There is a constant change. Uh, I think happily, the wine world is dynamic and it changes. And uh, it, even here in Spain, there have been in the last years many changes. No, uh, in the in this sense, the appellations uh-huh. and uh, indications and so on, and and. And now, how many you have in in, uh, in Ukraine? How many regions uh, with uh, appellation of origin or IGP or something like that? How many do you have? So, so unfortunately, for right now, we don't have any any official any, any official um, uh-huh. uh, protected names, but. Uh, this works is is just in the progress so i hope in the next year maybe next two years we will have our own specifications and really? our own protected names for right now we don't have any official appellations yeah, that is really very 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 beginning <laughs> yes really very i mean let's say let's me we don't have any official appellation which is protected not only in Ukraine but in Europe as well. So it would be more correct mm-hmm. because uh, due to our legislation, we, we have a so-called kind P. It's controlled name of protection, but it works a little bit different than appellation in, in Europe. And we have um, protected Shabo. Wow. It's, it's the one, but as I know, it's not protected in Europe. But Shabo. it's but Shabo. But this but, is but the name of a winery, no? Uh, Shabo is the name of the winery as well, and uh, the name of the protected uh, of the of the protected appellation. But it's protected by our legislation. But yeah. they they are working, or they are working on make it. Uh, I don't know, maybe a GPU or something like this. No, but anyway, this figure ex- exists in Spain, for example. We have the appellations of origin. We have the vino de la tierra. All this. But there are also uh, what we call the vino de pago. And mm-hmm. Every winery building under this uh, appellation pago, they have their own, let's say, appellation of origin, their own rules. So it's uh, something that can happen also there. And now we are having also, for example, inside Rioja, Priorat, and Bierzo, uh, the trend to say the name of the village. Like uh, mm-hmm. like in Burgundy, no, or also. Mm-hmm. So 
it's dynamic. The, the, the wine world is something that is not um, already mm -hmm. fixed forever, no? So it's fine. Yes, yes, it's really dynamic right now. And uh, even if you would try Ukrainian wine five years ago and you would try it today, so it's, it's dramatically different wine. So we have uh, more and more technologies. We have a lot of more and more knowledge. We have more and more wineries. And in the future, I hope we will have protected populations as well. Mm -hmm. And well, you talked before about uh, not all the Ukrainian wines were, are good and so on, but there are some which uh, deserve to be tasted. Can you recommend some? Uh, the first one we we, asked, we spoke about Shabo Winery. Um, if you would find the wines, any I don't know red wine, <laughs> let's say, actually Shabo exports a lot, and you can find uh, the wines in uh, in London, in America, uh, in China, and uh, their red wines are really good, and uh, they promote Tukuluk. As I said before, it's white wine. Uh, you should definitely definitely try it. Mm -hmm. uh, and another one winery I really like is Beikush Winery. It's the small one, but uh, they have a lot of experiments with a lot of technologies. So you can find wine uh, in Amarona style, for example, or you can find a lot of orange wines that they produce. Uh, they produce um, really famous right now pet nuts. Uh, and so on, so on. So if you find uh, their wines, so I would definitely recommend them. Uh, I would definitely recommend a few small wineries. Uh, you wouldn't find it anywhere. Even in Ukraine, you could find it only in our bars. <laughs> 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 but 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 if uh. you will see uh, the, the name, uh, I, I really like really small, small winery. The name is uh, Father's Wine. Mm -hmm. And that's is a biologist, is just near the Kiev, and the new one is Vinoman, mm -hmm. but they they produce few thousand of bottles every year and they just start, so it's impossible to find it anywhere. And another one, interesting winery is Colonist. Uh, Colonist was the first promoters, actually, of Odessa Black, uh, of Odessa Black grape variety. They were the first one started to talk that uh, these grape variety have a lot of uh, potential. Uh, they have really good red wines as well, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, they're working with one French consultant. Mm -hmm. And you find their wines on export market. Not a lot of, but you can find on the export market. So next, time, next time I go to Ukraine, I have to pass to, through your wine bar to... Of course. <laughs> these rare wines that only can be found there. <laughs> yes, you definitely should go to our bars and uh, to try a lot of uh, interesting things. Actually, uh, the prettiest thing about Ukraine and about... Uh, uh, as we don't have any classifications, I mean official one that strict populations as, as as well so our producers they have a lot of uh, opportunities to experiment with technologies to experiment with grape varieties and so on and i think it's a good thing so in ukraine you can find a lot of sparkling wines you can find but not you can find white wines you can find orange wines you can find wines uh, uh, in Quevery, so we we, uh, we really uh -huh. like 
Georgian culture as well. And a lot of small wine producers, they experiment with this style of wine. Uh, you can find young red wines or you can find aged uh, red wines. Uh, so a lot of technologies and, and a lot of uh, experiments here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in, in the beginning when you were talking about your projects and so on, you didn't mention that you have a project to make a wine. I yes. Would like you to explain us this and uh, which of this high, big variety of uh, choice you have in Ukraine, which one you would decide to do? Orange, red, uh, aged, young, what? Talk uh, actually, about, about your project, please. Yes, actually, I have a big dream uh, to produce my own wine in the future, of course. And this year, in 2012, Uh, I've decided to make a small experiment to produce um, 500 liters of white wine and uh, one cask of the red wine. Uh, of course, I'm not a technologist, so I don't have any technological knowledge. <laughs> so I've used consultation from uh, the normal winemaker. And uh, I've used uh, an equipment uh, of uh, one of the winery, which is situated here near Kiev. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've participated uh, in some processes to produce my own wine. So I've chosen Sauvignon Blanc for the white one and Cabernet for red. Uh, I would say wine. If, if I would have an opportunity to buy really good quality grapes of our local grape varieties, I would choose our local. But uh, when you don't have uh, your own vineyard, so it's impossible to control the quality of the grape. And we didn't have an opportunity to find uh, any good um, local grape varieties. That's why we bought Sauvignon Blanc and we bought uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, I've produced uh, um, 667 bottles of Sauvignon from which uh, 550 is already sold for one day. <laughs> And uh, the rest, uh, 100 bottles, I will sell uh, in my bar. Uh, I can't say I can't say it's perfect wine, <laughs> but it, it's really good one. So it's Sauvignon in, let's say, European style. So it's not like New Zealand, uh, really explosion. Explosion, yes, it's it's not the same. Uh, so it's more or less European style, but it has uh, a lot of Sauvignons. <laughs> How to say it on, on English? I don't know. A lot of Sauvignon aroma, mm -hmm. uh, and it's really fresh. And Cabernet Sauvignon is still in the cask right now. We will see after May mm -hmm. what we will. I don't know, but in future I want to have I want to have more experiment with that. But I totally understand that it's impossible to produce good quality wines when you don't have your own vineyards. So when you when you should buy, usually, uh, especially when you buy, I don't know, one thousand kilograms. Uh, when yeah, you don't yeah. buy big uh, quantities, so nobody will sell you the best ever grape they have <laughs> yeah of course of course and uh, this is the more important thing the uh, prime material is number one if you want to have a good wine you need a first class grape yes 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so in future, I don't know, maybe in, in, in three years, maybe in five years, maybe 10 years, let's see, I don't know. I want to have my own vineyards uh, and, and then uh, to have my own winery. I can't say right now where, mm-hmm. uh, because unfortunately here in Ukraine, we have some specific law uh, which doesn't give us uh, to buy land uh, easily. So mm-hmm. I hope it will change in a few years. But right now it's not so easy to buy land. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's see. <laughs> let's see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, these these people who cultivate the grapes, uh, do they have the trend also like uh, here in the West uh, about um, bio culture and biodynamics and all this or still doing uh, with chemical products and so on? What is the trend now? Actually, any change? Actually, it depends. Mm-hmm. It, it depends. Uh, you should understand that uh, to use all the chemicals on the vineyards, it costs money. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> actually, let's say that uh, to be biodynamic, <laughs> it's uh, it costs not so much. Uh, well, 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 well. Okay. Also, uh, think yeah. that when, when you use uh, fertilizers and uh, chemicals to protect uh, against plaques. You have bigger productions and uh, yeah, when yes, you, yes. When, when, when we are talking about big, uh, the big producers of grapes, of course, usually they use all that kind of chemicals and so on because uh, they can't uh, they can't lost everything, so they should be protected. Mm-hmm. When we are talking about uh, small producers, uh, usually a lot of them works uh, with that biodynamic, organic, and so on. Um, And it's a huge trend, not Mm -hmm. only in Europe, but in Ukraine as well. So you can can make a lot of marketing with with that as well. So some small producers, of course, they use it. But um, I would say that we don't have here a lot of that knowledge about biodynamics, let's say. Mm -hmm. And... uh, only starts over here. As I know, we don't have any vineyard which is certified, officially certified as biodynamic. So it's only start. Uh-huh. Okay. But uh, think about this too, because the, the, when you are not using chemicals and so on, your production is smaller, the yield per hectare is smaller. So. Of course. Of course, the rentability of uh, the land is is smaller. So sometimes uh, to spend the money in the treatments, in the chemical treatments, it makes uh, how to say not rentable, no, the investment. So is this, but uh, also well, the the trend is this because as I said before, the. The new winemakers and uh, agricultures are looking for the typicity of the area, and uh, all together with uh, the the bioculture, organic, as you said, or maybe biodynamic, which is a little bit more complicated. But uh, this is the trend right now in uh, in Spain overall. But I know as well in Argentina and Chile. In uh, France and uh, Italy, there are more and more growers 
that they try to do minimal intervention in the agriculture. No? Yes, but you should understand that uh, here in Ukraine we have really hard climate as well. And sometimes it's just impossible to be organic or biodynamic and so on because mm -hmm. of the just because of the climate. I think I, I think it's easier in Chile or in Argentina or in Argentina than in Ukraine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. This is yeah, this <coughs> you should understand as well. One one question, just curiosity: uh, Do they have to cover the binders during the winter or not? With uh, it depends on the. It depends on the region, but uh, if we're talking about the northern regions, like, for example, let's say Kiev uh, region or in Lviv, uh, they do it. They do it. I know my winery, uh, they actually, for, for the last few years, uh, we have quite mild winter. So we didn't have less than minus 5, minus 10. Mm -hmm. And uh, this year, they, they decided not to cover the vineyards. Uh, it's it's the winery which is situated near Kiev, and this winter yeah, in Ukraine, it's, colder. <laughs> it's pretty hard. It, it, it's minus fifteen, minus twenty. In the in the um, it could be even minus twenty five in the night, and they lost a lot this year. So it's better to cover. Uh, <laughs> Better to cover, but uh, we're talking about the northern region. Usually on the south, they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this winter is being like in the old times. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of snow. I don't know if you if you see <laughs> my window. So it's a lot of it's a lot of snow. Mm -hmm. So we didn't see uh, that amount of snow for a long time. Mm -hmm. Good. Well. Uh, we are arriving to the end, and um, for the end, I always keep uh, two questions for the guests. One is, uh, which is your favorite grape? Uh, my favorite grape is Riesling. Riesling. I think Riesling. I think that uh, it's really genius grape because you can produce any style of wine you can imagine <laughs> you can produce with a Riesling. Mm -hmm. That's why. Okay. And the last last one uh, is to close the program is uh, that you match uh, wine, not with food, but uh, with a song. With a song. Uh, you know, for me, uh, wine, it's about fun. Uh, wine, it's about good mood, it's about uh, a lot of friends, and wine is about partying. Mm -hmm. So I would say we have, can, can I choose uh, the Russian-speaking uh, song? Yes? Whatever you want. <laughs> so I, I, will, I will send you the link. Uh, the name of the song is Vichirinochka, which means party. Which means party, and uh, the name of uh, of the singer Monatic is is one of, of my favorite one. Monatic. So I will send Monatic, Monatic. Okay. Yeah. So I will send you the link, and uh, I think uh, party, wine, friends, good mood. It's the best ever match. <laughs> really is. Yeah. 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 Uh, for me, it's the same. It's friendship. It's culture. It's, uh, and the gastronomy, everything <laughs> of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it has been very nice to have you here. And uh, thank you for your time and uh, this little tour in Ukraine and the first knowledge about your country. 
and uh, I hope uh, you can uh, make more and more wine. Thank you very much, and uh, I want to invite everybody to Ukraine. Actually, the borders of Ukraine uh, are open right now, <laughs> and uh, a lot of things are working right now. So bars are working, and actually we have more or less normal life here in Ukraine. So mm -hmm. just in <laughs> just in case you want uh, to have party, <laughs> come to Ukraine and drink Ukrainian wines. No, but I, ha I have been in October and uh, the, uh, they had to close at 10 o'clock in the evening. This is finished already? No, no, we, st we still should, uh, should close at 10 o'clock. Uh, mm -hmm. But let's say when you know, when you know, <laughs> yeah yeah understood <laughs> so people you always will find uh, the place you can have party after 10 o'clock <laughs> okay actually, actually, you can find some bars which are opened it's it's not about like locals unfortunately we, we are close at 10 but if you want to drink some cocktails uh, here, here in ukraine just ask me i will tell you where you can do it that's good that's good thank you so much well, friends, uh, to hear the trip um, to Ukraine with Xenia uh, and Xenia, uh, sorry for the pronunciation, and uh, I hope you enjoyed and uh, see you soon. You know, yes. drink a good wine, be happy and enjoy life. See you soon. Good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
этот вечер забирает все под стробоскоп Здесь есть работа для бедер и стоп Каждый бодр и лодыри С нами стерты все грани забыли про стоп Простые движения Даже все не умелые Приобретают уверенность И разрывает танцпол Ведь с нами вера, вера В меру хотел, но нельзя отойти Нельзя обойти Это место реальный магнит Манит, манит и точка Это вечериночка Эй, Вера, да покажи им, как надо двигаться, Вера Эй, давай устроим им вечериночку, Вера Даже солнце провожаем, мне все равно тепло с тобой Все равно светло с тобой, это вечериночка Холодный воздух согревает, все равно на мнение Танцую, что умею я Gallery of Ideas Radio Station.